We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Hello, how are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. It is episode 27, I believe. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. We're having a great one here in Texas. It's good. It's not going to be hot today. Going to be going out to the ranch later on, doing some videos up there. And uh, tomorrow we're going to do some stuff that I'm sure most of you guys don't really care about. But I want to tell you guys right now, today's we're talking about stuff that they're not even talking about on the news. I found, I went down a rabbit hole. Went down a far, just a big hole, a big, massive, gaping hole in the ground, and I just kept going, running straight down that son of a gun with no lube. All right, so the DOJ, this, we're, not, we're not starting it off with that one. We're going to start off with something that they're talking about, and I find it to be somewhat kind of uh, not, a, not, a, not a great thing. So the Department of Justice is launching an effort to combat what is apparently said to be an increase in uh, threats of violence against school officials and teachers across the country. And I don't, I don't think that this is something that the DOJ should probably get into, but I think it has to do with the fact that every single one of these school board meetings that you're seeing across the country, they're all teachers that are opposing CRT. Every single one of them. It's either that. It's not essentially all, not really mass mandates is in the thing. It's basically just CRT and what is being taught inside the schools. Critics say that the move amounts to an attempt by the Biden administration to bully parents from exercising the First Amendment right, which is 100% factual. 100% factual. You're going to send in the DOJ to get people in trouble for showing up to express how mad they are because they're trying to force a curriculum on their kids that they do not want to listen to and or think they should be taught. Then yes, that is 100% something that shouldn't, shouldn't happen. The DOJ will also be launching a task force aimed at addressing the issue while attempting to determine how the federal government could use its powers to prosecute crimes and to assist local law enforcement in incidents that are not federal crimes. So a federal agency should not be getting involved in local stuff. The only reason why they're doing this is because it looks bad on the Biden administration, the administration in general, for pushing the CRT program to get indoctrinated into every single school across the country. And then you have teachers, excuse me, then you have parents at these school board meetings that are literally coming up and they're saying, no, we don't want you to teach this. This is stupid. Don't add this into our stuff. And it's looking bad on pretty much everybody on the left who's wanting to push it as much as they possibly can. So there you go. Biden is trying to force his uh, authoritarianism on the entire population of America right there. So here we go. On to the next one. If you guys did not know, we're going to talk about Joe Biden a little bit more. This one is just another one of his hypocritical statements he has made, which we're able to find many, many of these because he's been in office way too long. It's very easy. Very easy to find something like this. So on Monday, he said that he couldn't guarantee the debt ceiling would be raised in two weeks as he slammed Republicans for opposing the efforts to keep the nation from being unable to pay its debts for the first time in its history. This is somewhat ironic at the same time. Hold on. We're going to get to that point here in a second. He put the blame on Republicans for refusing to join with Democrats on raising the debt limit to pay for debts incurred in the past. So you want us to raise the limits that we're, we're willing to have our debts, and yet you want to spend $3.5 trillion more dollars that's going to apparently cost zero. You want, you want us to raise it, and you're mad because we won't raise it. That What? 
you can't even currently pay for the, the debt that you currently have. Why would you want to spend more money and increase the debt limit? Because they're just going to continually do it. The only time that you should be re- uh, raising the debt limit is during times of actual literal war. That's when it matters. There shouldn't actually be a spending budget at that point. Well, during times of like real war, like World War II, the blow the budget out. Who cares? But actually, you know what came after World War II was massive growth in the United, in the United States. That's true. He goes on to say, this is what Biden said, by the way. Not only are Republicans refusing to do their job, but they're threatening to use their power to prevent us from doing our job. Saving the economy from catastrophic events, I think, quite frankly, is hypocritical, dangerous, and disgraceful. Oh my gosh, are you guys excited about this one? So, if you guys did not know, Joe Biden voted against raising the debt ceiling in 2004, 2003, 2006, and now he wants Republicans to raise the debt ceiling to give him cover to waste trillions of dollars and make inflation worse. So there you go. So he's blaming it on Republicans now because he's trying to get an agenda pushed and passed when, in fact, when a Republican was in control, he opposed it and voted against it. So there you go. There's your hypocritical bullshit from a politician of the day. Doesn't even matter if it's Biden or not, but he's really easy because he's been in office twice my age, not really twice my age, but too long and literally has done absolutely nothing with his life except for have a couple kids. One of them ends up doing a bunch of work using his name, smoking a bunch of meth, and actually, you know what? We'll just stop there. He goes on to actually say this, which is kind of funny. As soon as this week, your savings in pocketbook could be directly impacted by this Republican stunt. It's simple as that. All right, we'll end on that note. Thank you, Biden, for letting me know that my pocketbook is going to be t- uh, touched pretty bad. Um, just like, well, we'll stop there as well. I don't want to go too farther on the touching this because it could get kind of weird, you know, especially with that family. I will say this, uh, stock market has taken a massive dump over the last, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Yesterday took another one. I don't know what it's doing this morning. I don't know. It's 810 here, so it's 910. So pre-market trading just came in. Uh, let's see. I just want to know. Oh, it's, it's tumbling due to inflation. Good. So we're going to bounce out of the United States real quick, and we're going to go to Chile. Yes, Chile, Chile, Chile. Chile, not the one you eat, the one that's a country. The Chilean police have dismantled a crime ring that has helped smuggled hundreds of children of Haitian migrants, sometimes without parents from Chile to North Mexico into the United States. So there you go. There's where the kids were coming from. They just, they busted a smuggling operation, apparently, that was coming out of Chile that was taking, they were, they were literally using WhatsApp, finding these people. They were sending their kids. Sometimes the parents would die on the way up there. Sometimes they wouldn't. Then you would just have a kid by itself. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. So they orchestrated a complex cross-border network that smuggled an estimated 1,000 Haitians out of Chile, including 267 Chilean children under the age of six, all born to Haitian migrants. Some of the children, police said, were not traveling with their real parents, while others found that abandoned or their parents had died en route. So there you go. There's some more terrible stuff that's going on. I don't think there's more people apparently heading to the border right now. Depending on what's going to happen this Thursday... Um, I don't really exactly know what's going to happen with that. Hopefully, hopefully they don't just absolutely destroy the border again and we have to deal with that. So, all right, moving back, coming back to America. Come on back. So Biden reverses a Trump ban. Woo. All right. So I brought this one up. I don't really care that much because it's never going to change. It's always going to be back and forth game, but I got two articles talking about the exact same thing. And I'm going to go, I'm going to show you guys how one side can, can report on it and the other side can report on it. You ready for this? This is good. All right, the Biden administration, this is one side. I'm going to switch to the next one. The Biden administration rescinded a 2018-era regulation money that blocked federal funding for family planning clinics that refer patients for abortions. Okay, there's one. Go to the next one. Here's how it starts out. 
the Biden administration announced money that is reversing a controversial Trump era rule that prohibited federally funded health care providers from making abortion referrals. We're talking about the same exact thing, but they lay them out completely different. All right, here we go. Number two, same little topic. The new rule, which allow Title X money to resume for abortion referring clinics, goes in effect November 8th. Here's the next one. Here's how they, they lay out the second piece. The new rule for Title X, a decades-old federal family planning program, will allow health centers to receive those funds despite whether they advise patients on ending their pregnancies. You see how they both lay them out completely different, and they're talking about the exact same thing. Remember I always say, you guys, there's always an agenda involved with whichever you're reading. Now, here we go. Here's how it goes on to state. This is one side saying it's bad and one side's like, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Abby Johnson's a former Planned Parenthood director and founder. Okay. Abortion clinics and those clinics that refer to abortion should never receive taxpayer funding. Polling indicates that most Americans agree with this. If abortion advocates want government out of their bedroom, then they should stop taking government money. Okay. You see how that one was laid out. They're talking about Title X. Shouldn't happen. It's uh, funding abortions. If American doesn't want uh, government inside of their bedrooms, they probably shouldn't be taking this money. This is how they lay it out in the exact same format. Here we go. The other, the other side of the world. Title X has until recently provided more than $250 million in funding to clinics that offer affordable birth control, cancer screening, testing, treatment for sexually transmitted diseases, and other reproductive health care and family planning services. They failed to mention abortion inside of this one because they know that it's not a good thing. Like most Americans don't want... The federal taxpaying dollars to go to abortion. So they say inside of here, they call it other reproductive health care, which literally means they're, they're talking about the abortions. So it's kind of funny if you look at them from both sides of the aisle, you have one, which is clearly Fox News, and the other one's CNN. One talks about taxpayers not needing to use our funds, which now apparently taxpayer money will be used for abortions once again. I guess this has got... This happened just recently. So there you go. If you guys don't know, that's how they lay them out. I always tell you guys to take everything you read with a grain of salt and to do a little bit of research. There you go. Title X. If you guys wanted your money to be used, there, there's, there's, there's how it is. All right, all right, all right. So if you guys did not know this, France. I'm actually going there next week. Not because of this reason, but because I want to go see all the World War II sites. It's one of my life goals. One of my, one of my uh, what's that called? My bucket list items is to go visit Normandy and all that kind of, and, and see some of the stuff that when we, we were back, when we became back-to-back World War champs, I wanted to see where that, that happened. Members of the Catholic clergy in France sexually abused more than 200,000 minors in the last seven decades. Yes, that is seven decades worth of 200, that's 200,000. It's a, uh, this came out. I don't know if you guys know this, but that's a lot. My camera guy's jaws dropped right now. I, I tell, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really get reported on, but this is one of the kind of things that people, I mean, Fox isn't talking about it, but CNN had it blasted all of their stuff. So the report is uh, was published Tuesday, estimated that 216,000 minors were abused between 1950 and 2020. The number rise to an estimated 330,000 when including victims of abusers who were not clergy, but had other links to the church, such as Catholic schools and youth programs. So it's not 200,000, it's 330,000 since 1950. I have no idea. I don't understand why Catholic priests, I don't understand this. Why, what is, I don't understand, why? I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Like, why, why is this always a thing? Abuse of minors in the church accounts to close to 4% of all sexual violence in France. 4% of all the sexual violence in all of France happens from uh, the church. That's so weird. So, if that didn't make you guys feel a little weird, yeah, 
I'm going to move on from that one because I didn't, I didn't really want to talk about it in the first place. But 200000 that's quite a few. It's actually 330000 when you include everything. In 70 years, 70 years, it's kind of a weird way to keep tabs on it. But I, I do recall when I was reading through this article, they weren't expecting it to be that much. Uh, they thought there was going to be roughly 10,000 10, is what they thought when they first started doing these surveys in research. Uh, it says right here, the final number used, it ended up being 30 times higher than the estimate as we do now. So now we're going to move over to one of our biggest enemies in the entire world. I don't know if you guys know what Uyghurs are. Do you know what Uyghurs are? If you don't know what Uyghurs are, you're about to figure out what Uyghur is, or what Uyghurs, who they are and what they are. I would put a, a sponsored plug into this, but I don't have one. So we'll just awkwardly sit here and watch me drink coffee. Hmm. That's good. Hundreds of police officers armed with rifles went house to house in Uyghur communities in far western region of China, pulling people from their homes, handcuffing and hooding them and threatening to shoot them if they resisted. So a lot of you guys know about the they're not called concentration camps they are called reeducation camps. I would say I almost said something else, but yeah, they're reeducation camps and there's a lot more stuff that's been coming out on it. Uh, so if this is not really your cup of tea, then may want to skip through it, but it's pretty important because this is the new age version of, of being a Nazi pretty much because the way that they're doing it is pretty crazy, which I'm going to tell you guys, it's not essentially, it's not, it's not, it's not how the Nazis were doing it by throwing them into actual uh, furnaces or ovens or just committing mass genocide with, with bullets and, and mass barrels. They're doing it in other ways, which I didn't think that this is a way to do it, but they've been pretty effective. Just here you go. So, Jang. We're going to call him Jang. Jang's the person that came out and they changed his name for his identity purposes. Said that every new detainee was beaten through interrogation progresses or processes. Excuse me. The methods including shackling people to a metal or wooden tiger chair. The chairs were designed to immobilize suspects, hanging people from the ceiling, sexual violence, uh, waterboarding, and inmates were also often forced to stay awake for days and deny food or water. This is actually from a guy that came out that, that used to be a, a police officer over there. The U.S. Department has actually estimated there's 2 million Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities that have been detained in internment camps in Xinjiang since 2017. 2 million people. That's a lot of people. I'm telling you guys, this is the modern day version of being a Nazi. Like, If you guys can look at what's going on with the Chinese Communist Party itself, they're instilling fear on the world. What did the Nazi regime do? It started instilling fear on the world. They wanted to exterminate a certain type of person a Jew. And what is the Chinese government doing right now? Doing the same thing with Uyghurs over in Western part of China. This was launched in uh, 2014. It's called the strike hard campaign. It promoted a mass detention program in the region's ethnic minorities who could be sent to a prison or an internment camp for simply wearing a veil, growing long beard or having too many children. I wish I can go back. Cause there was an episode. I don't remember which one it was where I was, I, I, I went into full, God, a full length discussion on the progressive, nature of how Nazis became Nazis. And I, I remember we actually had to cut it down because it was so long and it started in like 1933 and ended in the war and how, how they progressively started targeting the Jews in Germany itself. So the same thing, kind of like this, arresting them for wearing a veil or arresting them for having a long beard or having too many children. Inside the police detention centers, the main goal was to extract a confession from detainees with sexual torture being one of the tactics. If you want people to confess, use electric baton with two... Tar- oh, this, this is going to sound pretty bad, by the way. Two sharp tips on top. We would tie two electrical wires to the tips and set 
the wires on their nether regions. Yes, on their nether regions while a person is tied up. They were electrocuting their, their areas. Their areas were being electrocuted. This is the Chinese Communist Party is doing this to a group of people that they're, they're trying to exterminate in a way that you guys, I'm going to explain here in a second because I'm trying to, I'm leading up to it so you guys have an understanding exactly how we got to this point. Who are the Uyghurs, if you guys do not know? And they're actually, when I say that China's committing genocide, I have some images. If you guys are on YouTube, you're about to see. It's not actual like images of people, but how these camps have been grown. So if you guys aren't on YouTube, you guys are listening, you guys can go to YouTube. You guys can just type in Speak the Truth. It's probably already, it's actually already up on the channel. All right. So China has detained more than 1 million Uyghurs against their will over the past few years in a large network of what the state calls re-education camps and sent hundreds of thousands to prison terms. Okay, there you go. We've been speaking about that. There's also evidence that Uyghurs are being used to force labor and women are being forced, forcibly sterilized. So the sterilization that we're about to talk about, that's going to happen here in a second. When I read that, I was like, oh, I got to find, I got to find out more about this because this article didn't talk about it. I was like, I got to find out if it's true. We got to find actual numbers. I love stats, love numbers. So if you guys are up on the channel right now, as you guys see, here's an image, satellite imagery from 2015 to 2018 to 2020. There is a there is a rapid construction of the camps in Zhejiang, uh, like this one. It's near Dakimbinchang. Hmm. So there you go. That's what they look like. That's how they've been brought up. They they literally they they legitimately look from the top looking down. They look like a concentration camp from the top looking down. So my camera guy just made me informed. He has a video that he's going to pull up for me here in a second that is actually showing them being loaded on trains. So for all of you guys who are and gals who are sitting at home or in your car listening. Actually, if you're in your car listening, don't pull it up on YouTube. But when you get a chance, go on the YouTube channel and just go take a gander at this. Wait one. So as you guys see here, they're literally loading them off of trains and into the camps. Just like they were back in the 30s and 40s. So there you go. China's also been accused of targeting Muslim religious figures and banning religious practices in the region. As well as destroying mosques and tombs. Which I, I talk about that because that's kind of strange if you think about it. Because why else would they want to be friends with the Taliban other than the fact that that portion of their country does touch Afghanistan? It, that's literally where it touches. Or do you think they're just trying to get closer to the Taliban so they can make sure that that stuff does not spread into that portion of the country? They say that they're doing this to stop terrorism and to, to smother it before it can actually happen. So, At least the U.S. Secretary has actually came out, Anthony Blinken, has actually said that China is committing genocide and crimes against humanity. I think it's kind of crazy that we're actually coming out and saying that, but we're not doing anything about it. I guess I guess they don't really want to start a war. That's the only re- that's that's really the only reason why it would happen. But China was holding up to a million people in counter extremism centers in Xinjiang. A million people counter extremism. So China goes on and says that uh, they're cracking down in Xinjiang to uh, to prevent terrorism and root out Islamic extremism in the camps as an effective tool for re-educating inmates in the fight against terrorism. This was the, the crazy thing. Forcibly sterilize. I didn't think this was a thing because there's no way, there's no way that a human would actually do this. You would think that I wouldn't be the case, but I guess they really do. I mean, this forcibly sterilizing somebody, it's probably not the worst thing that's ever happened on this earth. I guess the Holocaust was probably to me was probably one of the worst. So we're talking about this. We got some other charts. So the first chart that is coming up on screen for you guys is actually the birth in China's Xinjiang region have dropped sharply in the rest uh, the, the recent years. If you guys can look from 2017, there's been a very major steady decline all the way till now, 2019. 
So I didn't think that was that was too uncommon. Maybe 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 they just weren't allowing them to have kids because they are communists. They can do that. So I was like, okay, maybe that might be it. And then I go on to read some more. So China was also splitting up Uyghur couples by sending some individuals to camps. It was also slashing the Uyghur population by sending um, some to get sterilized forcefully and to uh, actually put in IUDs into them, like implanting them in inside of them. In 2014, a little over 200,000 IEDs were inserted in Xinjiang. That number rose to almost 330,000 by 2018, a rise more than 60%. I know this is kind of crazy, but here's a chart of well on screen. Net added IED placements per capita. There's a national average in China, the blue line on the bottom. And look at the orange line on top. Okay, I didn't think that was super crazy either. I was like, okay. Maybe just an odd coincidence. So documents came out that says, uh, in 2019, reveal plans for a campaign of mass female sterilization. Xinjiang planned to subject at least 80% of women of childbearing age in rural areas for a minority perfection uh, to intrusive birth prevention surgeries. It's kind of actually tough to say that last piece right there. So they were actually putting IUDs into 80% of the women inside of that area that are inside the childbearing age. So the Xinjiang government, they had an actual response to this. They said the, the plunging birth rate was due to comprehensive implementation of family planning policies. So they're just teaching people about safe sex. It's pretty much exactly why no one's having, no one's having kids. Okay, well, maybe that's the case. Maybe there's like, here, we'll give you some IEDs out to everybody so they can't have any kids. That's fine. Although the government has denied role in forced sterilization and claimed that compliance with family planning policies is voluntarily, it was not very likely that 17 times more women spontaneously wanted to be sterilized. Now, this is when it gets crazy. So this chart you're seeing right here, sterilization per 100,000 people. All right. National is the blue line. That's just all over the rest of China. Look at the orange line. Holy crap. That thing went from roughly 40 to 250 look do you see that on the chart when you look at stats and charts and stuff like that i mean numbers don't lie look at the amount of people that were forcefully sterilized inside of that area i mean they claim they're not forcefully sterilized but the stats show right here look how many people that were sterilized inside of their area so with that being said without having to actually forcefully kill them inside of concentration camps like the nazis did they're forcefully sterilizing them so they cannot have any more kids so in a sense, it's literally mass genocide without actually physically having to kill somebody, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because it's like new world genocide is what this is. It's like modern day genocide without having to say, we haven't killed anybody. We haven't. We've just been forcefully, forcefully sterilizing them. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. That's how you can get rid of a certain group of population. I guess they're just kind of worried that they're going to end up with a terrorism problem inside of that area, which is probably why they're trying to buddy up with the Taliban to make sure it does not happen. In recent months, several Uyghur survivors have testified that the camps themselves have become a sterilizing by injection, forced IED implementation, and forced abortion. Who spent this, uh, this lady right here, I'm not going to say her name because I will jack it up. Uh, she spent nine months inside the camp system and told the Associated Press that she was given injections. They kicked repeatedly in the stomach. Now she no longer can get her period and can't have kids. Survivors are also coming forward with accounts of sexual abuse and torture inside of the camps. They talk about public gang rapes, about electrified sticks that are inserted into women, about male officials picking the prettiest women and taking them to the back room where there's no surveillance cameras. There's actually a lot more to read on that, but it is actually so disturbing that when I read it, I felt a little uncomfortable. So I didn't really feel like it was probably a good thing to put on this podcast and on YouTube and Spotify. But the things that they're doing over there is, is, is terrible. 
and I don't I don't think it's needed for me to say on this podcast for you guys to have an understanding on what is really going on. And it's kind of embarrassing in a sense that America hasn't really been able, really done anything. But I know why we're not doing anything in a sense because they don't want to go into war. They don't want to worry about it. But that's that's the other half of this thing is yesterday Taiwan came out saying that they are pre- preparing for war, which is kind of crazy in a sense that if they go into war, then we're going to have to do something about it in this in somewhat – I read an article from from a retired general that actually says that we would lose a war against China. I don't I don't know if that's very true. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe I, maybe he knows more than I do, but I don't think so. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we're not going to lose a war. I mean, I'll say right now that the generals and higher ups they jacked up Afghanistan because they had no idea exactly what the capabilities of people on the ground were in the first place. I think the knowledge of the people on the ground probably know a bit better because the generals and such, they don't actually do any fighting whatsoever. Like I said, mainly captains and below are probably the only ones that do any sort of fighting. If they do any fighting whatsoever, it's mainly just your lower enlisted personnel. Your younger men and younger women pretty much do the fighting. Not going to go on that little thing. But yeah, Taiwan says they're prepping for war. China on Monday sent 52 military aircraft into Taiwan's air defense uh, zone that's the largest one of the entire year that was yesterday i, I actually so funny i feel like i've reported on I, I said this said this the last three days it seems like their numbers are increasing and i didn't really understand why they'd be doing this other than just kind of like poke the bear just kind of like see how much they can get away with well this article actually speaking why they'd be doing it and i kind of like it uh not not that i like it but i like that they actually uh, brought some good points up so in anticipation for further aggression, the self-ruled island is preparing to repel any strike and has asked Australia to increase its intelligence sharing and security co- cooperation, which is good. So Australia is coming in. Australia is a pretty good military. I don't know if you guys know this. I know that they're using them right now to fend off their COVID civilians or something down in Australia, which hopefully they will stop doing that at some point. I kind of, it's kind of crazy. Is Australia was built from inmates. It's basically a prison-built um, colony, I guess you would say. And it's kind of funny. They got away from it. They got their freedoms and then they had all their freedoms stripped away from them. And now they turn back into basically a mass colony full of inmates that are being held. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy how they literally went forward and then they said, nope, about face. It went all the way back to where they used to. The defense of Taiwan is in our own hands and we are absolutely committed to that. I'm sure that if China is going to launch an attack against Taiwan, I think they're going to suffer tremendously well. So what I was talking about earlier was, was how they were, why they were doing this and why they could be possibly doing this is the PLA pilots are getting associated with military support personnel are experiencing uh, are getting experience, which they never have had because they never really had to use these kind of stuff in a time of war. So they've only used them in training exercises. And if they're going to conduct a mission against Taiwan, they can actually use this opportunity to train the pilots to fly in certain scenarios, to fly in certain weather conditions, to understand flight paths and routes, how long it takes, what it really takes, fuel consumption, and so on so and forth. So first, so conducting these type of operations under different conditions, such as night, will increase their capability to fight if called upon to do so. So it actually makes a little bit of sense. If they're going to make these flights and going to do these kind of missions in the near, the near future, they're going to, who knows what kind of situations or weather they're going to have to do. So if you do it over and over again, repetitive, 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 it'll become second nature. So when it actually comes to have it or come to do it, you're literally just going to do it. I couldn't tell you how many times I, in the military, went over the same exact drill over and over. And like so many times that when it actually came down to do it, when you receive contact, like like legitimately, this is being me being honest, when you receive contact in Afghanistan, it was like second nature, you just happened. You just did what you're going to do. Literally, shoot, re- return fire, find cover, and then you kind of gauge your bear- get your bearings, 
and then you advance and do whatever you have to do. It's kind of crazy, honestly. Humans, humans are weird. Here's another crazy fact. Did you know we actually went away from using, I think it was circle silhouettes to human silhouettes after Vietnam? I can't remember who was after Vietnam. God, I need to, hold on, wait one. This is, this is a cool fact. This has to do with, with humans and their ability to actually shoot another individual in during a time of war. And it has to do with how they have, uh, how they were doing target practice. Yeah, they changed away from using circle targets because it attributed to the inherent humanity inside of the soldiers who grew in a peaceful, uh, equitable society. So anybody who grew up inside of America pretty much didn't want to, I guess, in, inside of their body, they wouldn't want to hit the target. So that's when they started switching over to bullseye targets. And then they switched over to silhouette targets, which apparently increased because you trained an individual to shoot a silhouette target, which then they didn't really think of the human when they were shooting gun range and act, add an actual human as a human, essentially, they were thinking of just a silhouette. There you go. There's a little bit of random history for you guys. I, I don't know. I don't know who I, I, I remember. I know where exactly where I was. I was in Afghanistan. I was on the Paktika border. They, one of the guys was reading and they brought up that fact. I just, that's all I remember. I don't really know. It was hot outside. I had cut off shorts and a t-shirt on. And that's all I remember. I don't, it's like one of those kind of random memories and why you, I don't know. Anyway, uh, since Friday, if you guys didn't know, there's been 155 uh, Chinese airplanes that have actually flown into Taiwan, by the way, just so you guys are aware since Friday, 155. So, and we all know that China's doing this because they know Biden's extremely weak. And this is like probably the best time in history to do it. They didn't mess with it when Trump was doing it. They didn't really mess with Obama that much either. To be honest, They didn't really mess with anybody prior, but they know that Biden is super, 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 super weak. And he has so many issues at home that he's got to worry about. Not like physically at his house, but here in America that, I mean, it's probably a good time to do it. If anybody was ever wondering, did you guys know that Chinese communist party has never actually governed the uh, island of Taiwan that has 24 million people on it? So, so how does this actually help them gain some, some military experience? This is a pretty good one as well. When it comes to discussing what I was just talking about, the PLA Chinese communist party is testing and developing an assessment of Taiwan's ability to detect and willingness to respond to air threats. It is also recording Taiwan's response times, tactics, and air intercept procedures. So every single time that they go inside of the airspace, they literally can, it's like knowing your enemies and, or like, say if you're playing football, you already know what the defense is going to do. So if you know, if they're expecting a run, you throw a little pass, you know what I mean? I mean, they already know what's going to happen. They do it over and over again. And not only that, most of Taiwan's fighting force is nearly 30 years old. Every time they scramble, it stresses the airframe. As planes age, they develop fatigue cracks in the, air, air, uh, in the structures of the aircrafts. So China's hoping that if they do this over and over and over again, it's actually going to um, make Taiwan choose between imposing maneuvering limits on its fighters or remove them from service like altogether. So if you do this over and over again, if you guys think about it, they're actually... It's hurting Taiwan more and more and more that they do it, and they're realizing that, and now they can actually see Taiwan's game plan over and over and over again, how they're going to react if they were going to do this attack. There's your uh, stuff on China and what's going on over there. I hope you guys are super jacked about that because it's really not the the greatest thing that is going on over there in Taiwan and or just in China in general when it comes to the Uyghurs. I don't know if a lot of people even knew about the Uyghurs, but now if you know, now you know. It goes. I mean, I could go even more crazy in depth about the surveillance system that happens in China itself, which is even crazy. The same surveillance system that they use inside of China. There was a school district inside of California that actually bought the exact same cameras from the exact same company in China. I think it was San Jose 
California, that school district, I believe, or San Bernardino, it's San Bernardino, San Bernardino, California, they actually used the same technology and the same cameras that they used inside of China. I know some people may think that I'm, I'm on, um, what's that, what's that weird guy's name? What's that weird, Alex Jones? Alex Jones. They may think that I'm on like Alex Jones level. I don't, I don't listen to Alex Jones. I don't listen to really anybody. A lot of people think that I, I do, which I don't. You guys can, if you guys sat in here one day, like Charles does, he sees me how I do this. I literally do all the research myself. I find stuff myself. I read through it all. I don't watch or listen to anybody before we make these podcasts. I try to be as simple minded as you could be as a person like myself. I don't take any, really any advice from anybody. I don't have any advice to any, anybody could give me. I do randomly. I will say this. I listen to random people. I will listen to Ben Shapiro every once in a while or some of his people. You know, I like I don't listen to a lot of stuff. So if you guys think that a lot of stuff comes from Alex Jones, which I know that some of the people on the more left side of the this category that listen to this, when I see some of the comments like on Twitter and stuff, they think that I get all my news from these super crazy right wing people, which I I don't. A lot of it comes from the Washington Post. I bet you seventy five percent of the stuff we talked about today probably came from CNN or the Washington Post. A lot of the times people don't realize this. A lot of the stuff that they actually put on CNN and or some of those other places, they're actually pretty good, but they don't promote them. They're they're deep in the like they're not even listed anywhere on the website. The way that I find most of the stuff is I'm typing in certain keywords on Google and they just so happen to be on that site. But if you go on the main page of the site, it's always the same stuff every day. Like I promise you, if I pulled up any one of these websites right now, just the main page, I already know what's going to be on there. I promise you already know what's going to be on there. Go to CNN. Here we go. You guys ready? I already know. Don't even have to look at it. It's going to talk about COVID, um, how it's killing kids, or it's going to be talking about Trump. That's literally, I, I promise you, COVID, COVID and kids, COVID rates and Trump. That's it. Virginia family is trying to process how their unhealthy, or the, how their healthy 10 year old daughter died from COVID. There's one right there. Very, there's the biggest one on there. Trump, Trump. And then they're talking about Facebook, Trump vaccines. Like see, it's just, it's the same. Shit. So if you guys think that I just go to the front page of these places and just grab news articles, I'm actually physically doing some a little bit of research so we can actually make this podcast different than all the other ones that are out there. So we can actually do this. We can talk about stuff that actually matters and not the stuff we've been talking about for little. I think it's actually been 20 months now. I don't, 20 months. I think the pandemic or the coronavirus has been here for 20 months. I think is what it is. That shouldn't be the, the headlines. I mean, hell, they're at like 70% or so vaccination rates in America. I, 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 73, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm tired of talking about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, apparently we can't have Christmas with our families till we hit 98%, which is not going to happen. So hope you guys have a fantastic week. I'm going to hop off here. I got to head up to my ranch. I got to do some work out there. I do love you guys. I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic motherfucking day. I'm out y'all. 